Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. Welcome to our women's meeting. There are a group here of men and women that are seeking to walk in the power of God, endeavoring to walk in the kingdom of God. That's with the power. That is not your everyday Christian. This is the dedicated Christian that sees the power of God working in their life. We invite you to join us. We invite you to open your heart and let God minister to you. Did you bring your faith? Are you expecting God to minister to you? He has these meetings for a purpose. And that purpose is to minister to you. That purpose is to bring you into the kingdom. That is the purpose, saith the Lord. My purpose is to heal your hearts. My purpose is to deliver you from the world. My purpose is to deliver you from the oppression of the devil. My purpose is to make you just like my son, saith God, where you can live and move and work in the spirit for me. The harvest is great, and I'm looking for the reapers. Amen? Let's open with prayer. Thank you, Father, for that word. Father, open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes that we can see. Father, open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Father, turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And Father, grant, grant a spirit of grace on this meeting. Father, grant that spirit of grace on this meeting what we don't deserve, what we didn't ask for, but you do it anyway. Father, I ask for that spirit of grace on this meeting, and I ask it in the name of Jesus. All right? I don't know if I'm going to get through everything today, but I know by the spirit that God wants to put a firm foundation under your feet. We're going to talk about the curses of the law. And how we are redeemed from them. But I'm going to lay by the Spirit of God a firm foundation in you. That you're going to know. That you know. That you know if you will listen. That those curses have been taken care of. I was amazed at how God set this up. Because it's no little thing. But I tell you what. When you know that you know. I was one of those kids. I've shared it before. I always want to know how things work. I was always asking how's that work. My parents went out and bought me the world book, How Things Work, children's books, because they were tired of asking my questions. I think there were like 12 of them. I read every one of them. Read it all through. Why? I wanted to know how things worked. And when I got into the church, and I knew God wanted me to do something, I wanted to know how, and I wanted to know why. And you know what? They had no answers. They couldn't answer my questions. They couldn't fix the questions, the, the longing in my heart to know God and how to get there. They couldn't answer me until God sent me here to water of life. And he laid the foundation in me. It didn't come overnight. 
It's been 35 years, 34 years since I've been, 36 years since I've been here. But you know what? There's a firm foundation. And I'm going to lay a firm foundation in you while you can stand. You can stand that the curses have been broken in your life. If you will turn with me, we are going to begin in Exodus 34. Like I said, I'm going to set up the foundation. I'm going to set the stage of how this worked. Exodus 34, verse 5. And the Lord descended in a cloud. This is Moses. He's up on the mountain. And he had made the two tablets of stone with written the Ten Commandments. God wrote with his finger on that, those stones. Wow. And Moses went down and he saw the people were disobeying and he saw they were in rebellion and he got mad and he threw the stones on the ground. The stones that God wrote on. And Moses stayed alive. First, let's begin in verse 1. And the Lord said to Moses, Hear thee two tables of stones like unto the first. And I will write upon these stones the words which are in the first stones. I love it how he puts a little dig in there, which thou breakest. And be ready in the morning and come up in the morning on the Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount. And no man shall come up with thee. Neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount. Neither let the flocks nor the herds flee before the mount. Nobody be there. Nothing be there. It's just going to be God and Moses. Wow. And he hewed two stones, uh, two tables of stone like unto the first. Moses rose up early in the morning and went up on the Mount Sinai. And look at this. As the Lord had commanded him and took in his hands the two tables of stone with nothing written on him. And the Lord descended. This is Jehovah. He descended in the cloud. And he stood with Moses there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. This is God telling Moses what he is like. This is God explaining to Moses his nature, his personality. It's written right here in the Bible. We spend years wondering what God's like and it's written right here if you will read it. And he says to himself, and the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed. This is God. Proclaimed the Lord. The Lord God. The Lord God. God. He's the Lord God. He's not a man. He's a God. This is Jehovah. And look what he says about himself. Merciful. Merciful. That is the God we serve. The first thing about him that he said about himself is he's merciful. They didn't teach me that in Sunday school. They told me he had a big stick. Merciful. The second thing, merciful and gracious, full of grace. Gracious. Gracious. The God that we serve 
is gracious. He's not holding back your money because he doesn't like you. He's gracious. He's gracious. He's not holding your, your blessings. He's gracious. He's waiting for you to believe. You got to get it like he does. It's by faith. Gracious. Gracious. Long suffering. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Long suffering. He's telling Moses, this is what I'm like. I am long suffering. We think he's going to wipe us out in five minutes if we can't get it. That is not his nature. He is long suffering. And we know from John 10, 35, the scriptures cannot be broken. Long suffering and abundant in goodness. In goodness. It says God is good. Goodness. Did you know that God that created this world and the universe through Jesus is full of goodness? Goodness. Do you know when you look up and you give thanks, you're giving thanks to a God full of goodness. Full of goodness and truth. Verse 7, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, forgiving iniquity. Don't be afraid to run to the Father. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And, now here it something different and that will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children under the third and the fourth generation before you throw your hands up he is a just God a just God he's not fair he's just Big difference. Big difference. I was a school teacher. My students used to say, that's not fair. I'd say, I'm not fair, I'm just. Just. He knows exactly what you need. Amen? With this, with this, I want you to go to Deuteronomy 28. The first 14 verses of Deuteronomy 28. This is Moses speaking to the people about the law, what happens when we, we obey the law. When we obeyed, when they obeyed the law, they, they got blessed. They got blessed. If they obeyed the law, they got blessed. But if they didn't, but if they didn't, wow. Start with me to verse 15. I'm not going to read this all. We don't have all day. But you're going to see some things, and I hope that you, on your free time, take this and look at it. Because you may see some things in here that are prevalent in your life, or the life of your children, or the life of your parents. 
you may see them. And you know what? I have great news for you. It can be fixed. It can be fixed. Verse 15. You know, it says the, the law of Moses, Galatians 3.19 says that the law was added because of transgressions. Read it in Galatians 3.15. The law was added because, because of transgressions. Do you know that God took with 10 miracles, got those people out of Egypt, out of their bondage, destroyed their enemy, the Egyptian army, totally annihilated them, drowned them all in the Red Sea. And then he brings them in land and he says, I want to walk with you. I want to be your God. I want to dwell with you. Now, this is the first thing I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to give you manna to eat. I mean, we got two million plus people in the wilderness and you got to feed them. You got to feed them. Because there's nothing in the wilderness. These people are living in the desert. They're not living under palm trees with, with lakes. They are in the desert. And God's got to feed him. He said, I'm going to feed you manna. And I'm going to bring water out of a rock. And I'm going to put a cloud over you so that sun does not beat down on you all day. Doesn't beat down on you at all. And at night, when it's really dark and those animals come out, I'm going to put a pillar, pillar of fire in the midst of the camp to keep you protected. I mean, they were provided for, folks. And he said, all right, I'm going to rain down manna. Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go out, and for every person, I want you to get an omar, a manna, in the morning because it's going to be laying on the ground. Go out and get, for every person, an omar. Except, except on the Sabbath, the day before the Sabbath, you get two. Make sure you get two because it ain't going to be on the ground on the Sabbath day. That's their, their, their Saturday. It's not going to be on the ground. So don't go out and get it. And you know what they did? They went out to get it. God asked them one thing. One thing. One little thing. Don't go get any manna on the Sabbath. It's not going to be there. And they went out and got it. That's how well we listen to God. That's how well Adam listened to God. That's how well Eve listened to God. And I'm sure we could put ourselves in that category. And you know what? Then God said, all right, here comes the law. Here comes the law. It was added because of transgressions. Now, verse 15, but it shall come to pass. If thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command this day, and he's talking about the law of Moses, all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Now we're going to read a couple of them. Cursed shall thou be in the city. Why? Because you didn't do what God told you. It says, will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments and his statue, which I command thee this day. If you don't do them, this is what 
happens. Cursed shall thou be in the city. Cursed shall thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. What's in your refrigerator? What's in your cupboards? Cursed shall thou be in... Um, cursed shall be the fruit of thy body. That's your children. And the fruit of thy land. And the increase of thy kind. That's your cattle. And the flocks of thy sheep. They'll be cursed. Cursed shall thou be when thou comest in. Cursed shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall send. Look at this. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke in all that thou settest thine hand for to do until thou be destroyed and until thou perish quickly because of the wickedness of thy doings whereby thou hast forsaken me. Whereby thou hast forsaken me. The Lord will make the pestilence cleave to thee. That's a modern day problem, isn't it? The Lord shall, uh, the Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee until he have consumed thee from off the land, whether thou goest to possess it. The Lord shall smite thee with a consumption, tuberculosis, and, and like like diseases, and with a fever, and with an inflammation, and with an extreme burning, and with a sword, and with blasting, and with mildew, and they shall perish thee, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. And thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under thee shall be iron. And the Lord shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust, for heaven shall come down on thee until thou be destroyed. The Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them, flee seven ways before them. Thou shalt be removed from all the kingdoms of the earth. And thy carcass shall be meat unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the earth. And no man shall fray them away. And the Lord will smite thee with the botch of Egypt and with emeralds. Emrods, that's hemorrhoids. And with the scab, and with the itch, wherein thou cannot be healed. And the Lord shall smite thee with madness, and blindness, and astonishment of heart. And thou shalt grope at noonday, as the blind gropeth in darkness. And thou shalt not prosper in thy ways. And thou shalt be only oppressed, and spoiled evermore. And no man shall save thee. Thou shalt betroth a wife, and another man will lie with her. Thou shalt build a house, and thou shalt not dwell then. Thou shalt plant a vineyard, and thou shalt not gather the grapes thereof. And it goes on and on and on and on. Curses for not obeying the law. Last week we talked about how God, how God um, took the law out of the way. We'll make it simple. He took the law out of the way. You know what? He's going to take these out too. Go with me to 2 Samuel 21. Now, we're going to read an example of how God handled a situation. And we're going to find some things out about God in this, in this passage. It has ministered to me more than once. And it ministers comfort if you can hear. If you can hear. 
Chapter 21 of 2 Samuel, this is God. Remember, our God does not change. God does not change. He has no shadow of turning. He is not one God in the Old Testament and one God in the New Testament. The only thing that changed was the covenant. God is still the same. He is still the same. Remember that while we're reading this. He is still the same. He's merciful and gracious and long-suffering and good, full of goodness and truth. That's our God. And God is love. And he's a God of all mercy. And he's a God of all grace. That's our God. But you got to have fear for him. you got to reverence him. you got to follow him for all that stuff to work. Now, chapter 21. Then there arose a famine in the days of David, three years. Three years of famine, no food. Year after year. And David inquired of the Lord. He went to God to find out why there was famine in the land. And the Lord answered, it is for Saul. And for his bloody house, because he slew the Gibeonites. And the king called the Gibeonites and said unto them, Now look at this. This was their king. Saul was king. Now the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel, but of the remnant of the Amorites. And the children of Israel had sworn unto them that they wouldn't kill them. And Saul sought to slay them in his zeal to the children of Israel and Judah. Wherefore, David said unto the Gibeonites, these people weren't even the chosen people of God. Got that? Gentiles, like us, before we had Jesus. And David said unto the Gibeonites, you see, God is just. Doesn't play favorites. Right here, you know he doesn't play favorites. They messed, Saul messed with the people that the, that the children of Israel promised they could stay. So God is dealing with with that sin. Wherefore David said unto the Gibeonites, What shall I do for you? And wherewith shall I make the atonement? That you may bless the inheritance of the Lord. We need rain. We're starving. We're starving. Very few of us in America have any idea what it means not to have food. We got all upset at the beginning of this virus that we couldn't get what we wanted at the store. But there was food. There were places that didn't have any. All right? Wherefore David said unto the Gibeonites, what shall I do for you? And wherewith shall I make the atonement? Atonement. Wherewith shall I appease God? Because we're suffering because of a sin. Notice the whole land is suffering for a sin of Saul. The whole land's suffering for it. And you say, well, my sin's not going to hurt anybody. Just wait till you read the rest of this. He said that you, um, then the Gibeonites said unto him, we, have no, we will have no silver nor gold of Saul, nor of his house. Neither for us shall thou kill any man in Israel. And he said, what will, what you shall say, that will I do for you. Why? He wanted his people to have food. They were in famine. They were, it wasn't just not raining. They were in famine. And David was king. And they answered the king. The man that consumed us, that is Saul. 
and that devised against us that we should be destroyed from remaining in any of the coasts of Israel. Let seven men of his sons be delivered unto us, and we will hang them up unto the Lord in Gobeah of Saul, whom the Lord did choose. And look at what King David said. He said, I'll give them to you. Seven men of Saul's sons are going to die because of what their dad or what their grandfather did. Do you get that? What their father and their grandfather did, they're going to die for. And you say to yourself, my sins will not hurt my children. What does it say in Exodus? It says, under the third and fourth generation, I will, will um, because of their iniquity. Folks, if you're in sin, and you aren't going to obey God, and you are making a way for yourself to hell, don't have any kids. You know, I have a, a dear family friend. And he was in the military, and he was trying to commit suicide. And he was, I mean, he was making an exerted effort. And they finally put him in jail, so he couldn't do it. And a counselor went into him, one of the military uh, chaplains, and he said, I will promise you this day, if you commit suicide, one of your kids will. You know what? That sobered him up. And he stopped. Thank God at least he had some love for his children. And they are all alive today. Thank you, Jesus. Now, it says, um, Let seven men of his sons be delivered to us, and we will hang them up unto the Lord in Geboah of Saul, whom the Lord did choose. And the king said, I will give them. But the king spared Mephithosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of the Lord's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. But the king took the two sons of Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, whom she bore unto Saul, Armoni and Mephithosheth, another Mephithosheth, and he took the five sons of Michael. Took the five sons of Michael, the daughter of Saul, who she brought up for Adriel, the son of Barzillah, and uh, the male Laathite, or whatever. Michael was David's wife. Michael was David's wife. But when David left, Saul gave her to another man. And by that other man, she had five sons. And they're all going to die here. They're all going to die. All of Michael's children are going to die. Why? Because of something her father did. And who is the one behind this? The Lord. God. Who will visit the iniquity on the third and fourth generation. 
We are watching it happen right in front of us. And it says, And he delivered them into the hands of the Gibeonites, and they hanged them in the hill before the Lord, and they fell all seven together and were put to death in the days of the harvest, in the first days, in the beginning of the barley harvest. They were put to death, hanged for, hanged for who? Hanged before the Lord. They hanged them up before God. This was not done in a corner where God did not see. They hung them up. Michael's children hung them up before the Lord. Folks, there has to be fear of God. Not that he's going to hurt you, but you need to respect his ways. And Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, took sackcloth and spread it for her upon the rock from the beginning of the harvest until water dropped out upon them out of heaven and suffered neither the birds nor the air to rest on them by day nor the beasts of the field by night. God have mercy on this woman. And it was told David that Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, the concubine of Saul, had done. And David went and took the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son, from the men of Gabesh Gilead, which had stolen them from the, the street of Bethshan, where the, Phil, the Philistines had hanged them. See, they hung up too. When the Philistines had slain Saul in Geboah, and he brought up from thence the bones of Saul the bones of Jonathan his son and they gathered the bones of them that were hanged and the bones of Saul and Jonathan his son buried them in the country of Benjamin in Zelah in the sepulcher of Kish their father and they performed all that the king commanded now look after they were hung up before the Lord after they were hung before the Lord they God said that you had to have a recompense. You had to have something to pay for the sin. And those seven men paid for it. They hung up before the Lord so the Lord could see them. And then look what happens. And it says, they gathered the bones of them that were hanged. And, and verse 14, the bones of Saul, Jonathan, buried in the country of Benjamin. And it says, and they performed all that the king commanded. And after that, after that, after the sins were paid for, after that, God was entreated for the land. Now that word entreated, that word entreated means to hear, to hear and to answer. So he won't even hear the beginning. I am sure in this three years of famine, there was prayer going up from David. But it wasn't working. God wasn't listening. He wasn't listening until there was a recompense. Then it says he was entreated. He heard, and then he answered. And you know what? They got rain. God was entreated. Think about that. God was entreated. He heard, 
after that, and he answered. After he saw that it was paid for by the seven men, he heard, and he answered. And that was the end of the famine. Now, that's our God. That's the God we serve. Turn with me to Jeremiah 31. We went over this last week. Jeremiah 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord. This is Jehovah speaking. This is not Jesus. Look it up. It says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant. A new covenant. We said this last week. A new covenant. Who made the new covenant? Jehovah did. Not Moses. Not David. Not a group of Israelites. Who made the new covenant? The Father did. Don't forget that. The Father is the one that made the new covenant. The Father's the one that took the old covenant out of the way. Because he saw what it did to us. Knew what it did to us. It says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Ju Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. See who broke the covenant? God didn't break it. We did. It says, Although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their inward parts and write them in their hearts, and I'll be to them a God, and they shall be to me my people. Amen. Who decided to have a new covenant. Where did the new covenant come from? It came from the same God that hung up those seven men. It came from the same God. Now, does anybody have to leave now? It's about a quarter till. I'd like to go on. Is that okay with everybody? Is that okay with you, Anthony? Okay, go with me to Galatians 3. Galatians 3, verse 10. For as many as are the works of the law are under the curse. Look at that with your eyes. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. The works of the law. The Ten Commandments. You want to obey the Ten Commandments? You want to post them up on your wall? You want to preach them? You want to say we need to walk in them? When you know we can't. Do you know the Apostle Peter knew you couldn't? Do you know the Apostle Paul knew you couldn't? And he did them perfectly. You want to be under the law? You're going to be under the curse. For those... For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. 
Do you know that if you decide not to follow the gospel, to follow the Ten Commandments, have you ever read about the Ten Commandments? You break one of the Ten Commandments, you get stoned. You don't get to bring a sheep for, for atonement. You get stoned. That's the way it was set up. You commit adultery, here come the rocks. You're dead. You put up another idol before God, you're dead. You lie. You're dead. Stoned. And you want to follow the Ten Commandments. You don't even know what you're asking when you say we need to hang them up on the wall. Seven men hung the sons and the grandsons of Saul that they didn't do anything. But they had to pay for their father and grandfather's sin. Is that what you want? There's a better way. Thank God there came a better way. Thank God there is a new covenant. And if you believe it, if you walk in it, your children won't die for something you've done. God is a just God. There has to be blood for sin. And he made a way. He made a way. For somebody else to pay for you and I's sin. For as many as are the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. It says, The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. That's written the first time in Habakkuk, Old Testament. The Old Testament, Habakkuk said, the just live by faith. Isaiah 53, who will believe our report? Who will believe our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The just shall live by faith. Isaiah didn't live by the law. Read it. Read him. Read David. David didn't live under the law. If David had lived under the law, he and Bathsheba would have been stoned. They'd have been stoned. David didn't live under the law. Thank God David didn't live under the law. Because guess where Jesus came from? Bathsheba. You want a story of justification? Read that one. Now, but no man is justified by the law in the sight of God it is evident for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of Faith. The law is not of faith. You can't do both. You can't live in both. You are either going to live by faith or you're going to live under the works of the law. You can't do both. You can't. Says the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. If you're going to follow the law, if you're going to walk in the law, if you're going to be one of those Gentiles that just want to be a Jew under the law, you want 
to follow that law. You want to live under the Ten Commandments. You want to do all the holidays. You want to do all the new moons. You want to do all the Sabbath days. You better make sure you do them absolutely right. Because Israel couldn't. The Hebrews couldn't. Read it. They couldn't. There's a better way. And God's the one that brought it. Jehovah's the one that made it. God's the one that brought the new covenant. God's the one that initiated it. God's the one that planned it. God's the one that gave it. But you'd rather have Moses. And God did away with it, but you'd still rather have Moses. God laid it aside. You'd still rather have Moses. God said, I'll make a new covenant. You still want the old. Do what you can. Get the blood and get it off of you. And we'll show you those curses that are in your family, that are in you. Read them. You'll find yourself somewhere in those pages. If you don't think so, then why are you hiding from the COVID-19? Law is not of faith. 12, the man that doeth them shall live in them. And now, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Look at that word, made. Look at the word made. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That is Deuteronomy 21. Made a curse. Who made Jesus a curse? Who hung Jesus up on that tree? Who made him a curse? Who hung him just like those seven men? Who hung Jesus out before the Lord? Who made Jesus that curse? Who hung him there? Who hung him there for you? Who made that man a curse and hung him on that tree? Who made him that curse for you? The Father did. The Father did. Who made his only son a curse? He knew what it was going to be like when Saul's children were hung. Because he knew he was going to hang one thousand years later who hung Jesus on that tree who made him 
the curse for you. For you. The Father did. The Father did. Out of his love and compassion and mercy and graciousness. One of the translations calls it steadfast love. He did it to Jesus for you. He hung his son out for him to see for you. Turn with me to Acts 2. You men of Israel, the apostle Peter speaking, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered, Jesus being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, the deliberate plan of God. Him being delivered by the determinate plan of God. God was the one that cursed Jesus on the tree. God is the one that hung him on that tree. God is the one that made sure he got there. And back in Galatians, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The curse of the law being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Verse 15, uh, 14, that the blessing of Abraham, not Moses, Abraham, might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Do you see, not only did God take away the law, he took away all the curses too. He took away all the curses too. How can that be possible? He put them on the body of his own son on the tree. God is the one that hung his son on the tree. God is the one that hung him out where everyone could see him. Hung him there. Cursed is the man who hangeth on a tree. God hung him there in front of himself so he could see the curse was paid for. It was paid for. And what happened when David paid with those seven men? It says then, then God could be entreated. Why? Because he was satisfied. God was satisfied after those seven men hung there. And he was entreated. You could go talk to him now. You could go pray to him now. He's going to hear and he's going to do. Well, guess what? The same thing happened with Jesus. Isaiah 53. He saw the travail of Jesus' soul. And he was satisfied. Satisfied. He saw Jesus hanging there open where he could see him hanging on a tree, cursed. It says in Deuteronomy, accursed, accursed. Cursed.
curse. He saw him hanging there. And you know what? He was satisfied. He was satisfied. He was satisfied. I got an infection I can't get rid of. He was satisfied. He can be entreated. He can be entreated. He was paid for. Your, your infection was paid for. Your issue of blood was paid for. Your hemorrhoids were paid for. Your basket was paid for, hung out for the whole world to see, hanging on the tree. Satisfying God. And you don't have to keep that curse one more day. He was entreated. God was entreated. He was entreated. You know, the, when, when this virus first came up, like I've shared before, Jesus became a curse for us. One of the curses was you get the viruses. You get the pestilences. He was entreated. He was hung out for the whole world to see in front of the Father, stretched out, uh, uh, cursed on that tree, and God was entreated. You don't have to take that virus. If you've got any faith, you can use it. And you've got faith. Use it. Use it. That's all it takes is faith. It doesn't take any sacrifice. It takes faith. You don't have to go get ten sheep. It takes faith. It takes faith. It's been paid for. God can be entreated. He was satisfied. Those Curses can be lifted from you. They can be lifted from your loved ones. You got faith? Believe it. Go get it. It's yours. It's already been done. We're not waiting on it. It's already been done. I shared my kids, for some reason, started getting stitches. I think every one of them, maybe, maybe one didn't, but I mean, there was a time they were getting stitches every time I turned around. The girl picked up a Christmas ornament that sliced her finger open. There we go, get stitches. The boy, three times. No more ramp for you, Stephen. Three times stitches. We started calling him Franken-Stephen. Because he had a scar right here with stitches. And then we had John. He fell, on, he fell in the living room and just managed to hit the fireplace at the right place. Stitches! I went to the Lord. I said, what is the problem with the stitches? He said, it's a curse in your husband's family. I started asking a couple questions. Those people were collecting them. Do you know what happened? I broke the curse. I broke the curse. I broke the curse over my children. Why? Because Jesus satisfied the curse. He was hung out in front of the Father. For all the world to see, for God to see, I broke the curse. You know what? No stitches since. I think Stephen had to get one on his nose, and that was his fault. 
no stitches since. I have broken the curse and of those female infections. Broke the curse. None since. It is not me, and I'm no big faith man. What is it? I am committed to what Jesus did on the cross. I am committed that the man did it for me. I am committed. I have to make it mine, or else it was of no use for him. I don't want him to do all this in vain. I have to make it mine. I'm committed. And you know what? It works. It works. It may not work the first day. It may not work the second day, but it will work. You are guaranteed. You keep at it. It will work. It will work. The only thing that won't, won't let it work is your doubt and unbelief. It's already been done. You just have to use your faith to get it to manifest. Amen? Some of you got faith right now. Some of you have some infections right now. Some of you have some of these curses right now. And I break them in the name of Jesus. I come after the Jesus. I thank you. You were hung for the whole world to see. I break those curses in Jesus' name. I break every curse. I break those curses. I break those curses in our family now. I break those curses. I break them. I break those curses. I break those curses in Jesus' name. I break the curse of infection. I break the curse. I break the curse. I break the curse of broken bones. I break that curse in Jesus' name. I break those curses. I break the curse of arthritis. I break those curses. I break them. 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 I break these curses in Jesus' name. I break them. I break them. I break them. I break them in Jesus' name. I break these curses in Jesus' name. I break them. I break them. I break them. I break them. Father, I break them. I break them. You delight to break them. I break them. I break them. I break these curses in Jesus' name. I break the curse of poverty. I break it. I break it. I break the curse of poverty. I break it. I break it. I break it. I break it in the name of Jesus. I break it. I break these curses. I break these curses. I break these curses. I break the curse of alcoholism. I break it. 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 I break it right now in Jesus' name. I break that curse. I break it. My grandfather had it. My dad had it. I'm going to get it. I break that curse in Jesus' name. I break the curse of cancer. I break the curse of cancer. I break it. He hung out for all of us to see. I break the curse of cancer. I break the curse of infection. I break it. I break it. I break it in Jesus' name. I break the curse of stubbornness. I break the curse of laziness. I break it in Jesus' name. I break 
it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I rejoice. You rejoice to see that day. You rejoiced when your son was hung out, cursed. You rejoiced to see that day because you knew, you knew you were going to be birthing children, sons of God. You knew it was going to remove our sin. It was going to remove our iniquity. It was going to it was going to remove everything between us. You rejoiced to see that day that Jesus was hung out in front of the whole world. And you knew, you knew in three days you were going to bring him out of that grave. Amen. I rejoice. I rejoice. Thank you, Father, for breaking these curses. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next week. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.